One, two, one, two, one, two. <clears throat> Should have cleared me throat before I went live, then, shouldn't I? What an amateur. Welcome back. Chewing it over. We said we'd go weekdays. Here we are. Week two. Seems to be working. All sorts of fancy features that we've tested last week. Now it's going to be slick. Um, as slick as my new crew cut. Um, thank you all for, for those across social media, rightly bantering my hairstyle. Uh, as I, I get on a regular basis, you won't be surprised that that is pretty regular and frequent and deserved banter that I get. Also, uh, let's not pretend that that's why I've had my haircut. It was uh, long overdue. Uh, so, um, yeah, we can pretend if we want that it was peer pressure, but uh, so be it. Hope you're all good. Thanks for tuning in. Those that are doing live on a regular basis, that's very good of you. Goes out across various different channels. If you prefer to watch this on Facebook or YouTube, both live or after the fact, it's also on Periscope that goes out on Twitter. Uh, I think LinkedIn will be going live soon. It's also we've got a Twitch stream that no one's using, which I understand. Um, so yeah, it's accessible for a few different places. I think it was out on Instagram stories as well. So wherever it is that you would prefer to digest this or not, both live and after the fact, then you can do. This is chewing it over in which we discuss whatever's interesting at the time. Now. That is usually MSK education, MSK clinical practice, and just generally uh, interest in healthcare. Um, I, there's a couple of really interesting bits that have come up, and I've got some guests coming on later in the week to talk about them. But um, the thing that I've put on the, the sort of title sequence uh, today in terms of what uh, what we're going to be chewing over today is two things that really piqued my interest. Uh, Chris, Dr. Chris McCarthy, who's at uh, Manchester Met University now, uh, but also sort of famed... Um, manual therapist and, and physio consultant physio over the years that's uh, that many of you will have heard of he tweeted a really interesting article that I hadn't it had missed my, I'd missed this uh, which was a follow-up to an article that occurred that I'm pretty sure was about 2012 it really caused a stir um, which was antibiotics for low back pain some of you might remember this um, might recall that happening um, just bear with me one second. Minor technical glitch. As a phone call comes in on my on my laptop, um, the the yes, yeah, so there was an article in in 2012 um, that was published. Antibiotics for lower back pain. The the logic being the modic end changes um, that occur, um, end plate changes in the spine that then were infiltrated with a bacteria. Um, and it was inferred that that would be causal to symptoms in certain circumstances and therefore treated with a long course of antibiotics. A particular type of antibiotic, from what I recall, would be a smart thing to do. Um, now, that's interesting in, in a number of ways at the time. Um, felt very medical for persistent low back pain, uh, but equally this this idea that potentially if you delineate appropriately, subgroups stratify, then that might actually be something that was that was valid. Um, and the and the trial wasn't super robust, but it was sort of well constructed enough for it to at least pique people's interests. Um, don't think it radically changed practice. I certainly never saw. Um, I, I mentioned radiologists reporting and mentioning that that uh, quoting that study on on some MRIs that I was receiving reports back for. But generally speaking, I don't think it shifted practice massively. But it definitely piqued people's interest and caused a fair stir. I think it kind of broke through into the into the media as well. You know, I think that the typical Daily Express and Daily Mail uh, articles on the front page just saying about it. Now, 
I would say um, I haven't heard anything about it since, but that might because I've not been paying attention. It could well be that there's a serious amount of published work in this direction. But then Chris McCarthy posted this really interesting article, which is a follow-up in many ways. And he was he was saying it's a shame that this hasn't had similar fanfare. And he makes a really good point is because this article, you know, <laughs> fairly robust trial comparing um the use of antibiotics for similarly stratified patients and it not showing much in way of uh, in way of efficacy yet you know it's not going to be on the front page of the mail and it makes a good point about when negative trials uh, sometimes get get biased out so antibiotics for low back pain a follow-up showed that the more robust that the trial was constructed and when compared to other other trial arms it doesn't show to be uh, of efficacy i think it's it's something that doesn't necessarily close the loop on that line or strain of thought. Uh, I think that in, in mechanistic terms, if there was a, there could well be a relevance to when, if, if you find a correlation between the presence of a, of a bacteria that, uh, that isn't present in those without those end plate modic changes, this was the, the particular paper I'm talking about, then maybe there's a there's something to be to be said for investigating that or even if you were to stratify it appropriately so i doubt it'll close the loop completely but it's uh it's a really nice point to make for a couple of reasons are antibiotics a, a smart move for us to to investigate for, for low back pain particularly persistent low back pain that seems a bit contentious but the bigger issue is that if you have a positive trial inferring in that direction now eight years ago i think um, that had a massive public fanfare and people have therefore considered it and the public gang digest that information or the pop science of it. And then you get something that not debunks that, but certainly offers a counter um, conclusion in, in, a, in a robust way on something that's been worked up. Then it's a shame because if that, if that doesn't have the same reach, if that doesn't have the same cut through, then that is a challenge for us all. And we need to therefore make sure that as professionals, we're the ones that are translating that news. So I find that to be to be interesting. We've got to try and find a way to make sure that if there's something that breaks through into the media, that we find a way that that, that counter narrative, or especially if there's some new data in that direction that changes that perception, I think that'd be a really smart move for us to 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 counter it, which is which is good. And we need to try and find a way to amplify those sorts of voices. I've got some uh, early comments coming in on Facebook. Mike James, nice haircut. Yeah, I saw that one coming. Uh, in case he wasn't uh, there at the start, yes, I've had my haircut, and it's not in reaction to the the banter I've been having. Um, I haven't worked out how I could play it, but Ash James did a creepy deep fake of my face being. Um, integrated into a gif of jim carrey with the wild hair and uh how he's done it i don't know and I, I'm, I'm sorry i can't play it for you here but you can look that up on twitter but it's definitely creeped me out in, in a number of ways um so yes thank you for that thank you for the compliments on the on the haircut it certainly makes me look younger so i can see myself on screen there um so that's 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 my take on uh, on the antibiotics for low back pain um just wondered if anyone uh, has any thoughts on that then post in the chat uh, and we can i don't think it's something that i imagine people will want us to roll the conversation into the rest of the week or what have you but it's something that i wanted to just pose to you all what do you what do you think about these when something like that happens it don't have to be antibiotics but something that's quite an out there from left field suggestion to be the cure-all for for persistent low back pain or the missing link type thing I'm you know, massively skeptical of, of, of many things in that direction, but it's just that I do, I do think that there's, in this instance, 
if you were to stratify it appropriately or if in certain cases might maybe it is a relevant feature how are we ever going to tease that out if we are just suggesting people say we've not found the answer for low back pain but generally speaking um functional rehab and, and, and a degree of pain education and, and and modifying social factors around load um in the, in a big big l load uh, as to whatever cognitive loads or all those various different things that, that we talk about a lot people like to think that that is the that is the game set and match almost that whilst we've not found an answer that will unlock it all that package in the right recipe um quantities that's going to be near near to the answer and uh i have some concerns where we might be i wonder if we are closing the door on some innovations that in particular patient groups maybe are are going to be useful um and i don't know whether antibiotics fits into that category how many antibiotics you dish out for for low back pain particularly persistent low back pain but you know especially when it comes to more you know the mechanism effect is more established with it be injectables and surgeries and things like that is that we, we we would benefit from knowing a little bit more tightly around those groups as to what would be a smart intervention and how we can integrate the clinical skill of assessment and trying to understand pattern recognition um a little bit talked about in the latest physio matters podcast if you haven't downloaded that then please do it was out yesterday with jonathan bell who's an orthopedic surgeon of the knee and he sort of we talk about some cases in which it's Exact examples of where you shouldn't be doing arthroscopy for, for hella high water and then there's other circumstances where it's actually something to do um, with a matter of urgency in some ways and and that teasing those out when it might be just meniscal tear operating on meniscal tears it's like the difference is relevant and so i suppose it's a little bit aching to that conversation in some ways um, but at the, this time at the lower back um but yeah, I just wonder, I wonder what your what your thoughts are on that, gang. Um, there's also there's also something else that's uh, that's occurred um, that I that I wanted to talk to you all about, um, which is more it's more in the sort of current affairs sphere uh, more than anything um, that people might have, might have been aware of, and thought it was something that I've, like anything, if I've got I've got strong feelings in a direction, it's uh, remiss if I don't um, at least mention. Um, which is that the um, there was a, a protest in London organised by Extinction Rebellion that blocked the access to the printing presses uh, for the Murdoch Press, Telegraph, Times, Sun, Mail, etc. Um, and this was something that um, you know, it's someone that, admittedly, like at the core of my values especially when we've what we've been doing with physio matters and as a like a internet broadcaster and things like that is that we try and try and talk things out try and make sure that all the different uh, opinions and angles of things we approach a, a topic and try and understand it in its fullest admittedly when i see stuff like that i get concerned uh there's there's massive for the same reasons massive supporter of the right to protest but the i'm super skeptical of the idea of blocking print going to press um press going to print whatever it's just something that does concern me i think that direction of travel isn't good uh trying to silence voices even being in this case powerful voices that get heard plenty but this idea that that actually that these the things that that people like you know usually it's that this is the press that i like these are the articles and opinions that i like and anything that i dislike is just propaganda 
And that tends to be, when I've looked into it, that tends to be the sort of opinions of the protesters and the rationale for doing it. And the rationale and intention is super relevant. There's been some really interesting disruptions of the press that have happened over history. Um, but they're usually in terms of, sort of workers' rights and things like that or, or equal pay type um, circumstances in protest for disruption for, for, that, for that intention and that intention matters. Whereas in this instance, it seems to be that they've then labelled certain publications as being... Um, not in favour of the the things that they believe in, um, some for good reason, some for not good reason, and therefore trying to disrupt that is something that I think is a concern. Now, one of the things that seems a bit strange for me to make a bit of a slippery slope argument here is that, look, there is, if we were to allow that sort of style to proliferate, where you know people want to have their opinions reflected back to them uh, by whatever media outlet that they want, and therefore instead of considering, oh, someone's got a different opinion and a large platform to share that opinion, um, even if they disagree with it, and trying to counter that, if the angle is to say, I want to shut down opinions and methods of broadcasting those opinions um, because I disagree with them, instead of offering the challenge and trying to compete with it, that I think is a massively difficult precedent. And imagine that bringing into some of the internet discourse and stuff that we have is that if that was applied through independent media um, and certain voices that you did or didn't want to have as a, as a platform or get amplified, that is a massive concern to me and something that I thought it was well worth just talking about because I don't know uh, where that stops i don't know why there is there is no arbitrary line um and and so if you can't defend things that are that are not especially tasteful um in this instance um i think i think we will get a a circumstance in which you don't defend you don't defend the uh the free press <laughs> even though it's massively powerful organizations in principle then it could well be that that uh, I might have some regrets if it if it came for for me and mine or those that I like more um, in terms of the the media um, publications and opinions and stuff. So it's something that I just think is really fascinating that that these things can seem like they're quite distant from our industry, uh, but the ability to share opinions and to to get them then translating and changing the game is exactly where we started out and exactly the space that we are now, which is just to broadcast to a few hundreds or thousands in this case now sometimes tens of thousands of people uh, through different channels that we have now is a fantastic privilege that we've built up but over the years if people had the capacity to just not not challenge it and to disrupt it like many have tried to but also were able to try and shut that down or to block that or opponents of what we we're talking about were to ever scramble the signal on our broadcast which is the kind of equivalent of, of blockading the ability for for people to print which i know is you know even if it's just for a day that's something that um i want to make sure that i stand up for in principle that i dislike i, I think it's always been that the 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 uh, the idea for countering speech that you don't like is more speech i certainly uh, i certainly feel like that's uh, that's the the move that I would want to make sure I promote. So, uh, yeah, more uh, comments coming in this time on YouTube. Have you had a haircut? Yes, thank you. I'm glad that that's uh, I'm glad that's the key topic of today. Yes, I've had a haircut, um, and I've also uh, become and a shave. And so, well, how much younger I look now, um, I'm proud of. Um, so, yeah, wonder what your thoughts were on that, guys, or whether or not you think I, it's a storm in a teacup, and I'm only amplifying that. Um, that's absolutely fine if you feel like that, if you feel that that is the case. Uh, massive thanks to Ollie Coburn for joining me on Friday. If you haven't caught up with that show, we had our first guest on, co-host, 
me and Ollie were talking a little bit about uh, offering value uh, on on uh, people's uh, professional existence, really, and how that's remunerated. And, and does low salary mean that low value? And there were some great comments coming in from others about the fact that they'd taken on what would be considered low paid posts, but for different reasons. Um, and so, but then Ollie brought some statistics to the party and explained a little bit about what the sort of graduate entry um levels of our professions are relative to other industries and it was uh, made your eyes water a little bit uh, as to as to how undervalued uh, or underpaid and then potentially that reflects in undervalue for society and stuff so it's really interesting so tune into that I imagine that's a topic that will come back up um elsewhere um i think that uh, what i would what I would say based on my reflections on on last week's conversations is that there's a there's a real challenge where Often people will agree on analysis and then find it incredibly difficult to um, understand what the agreement is in the proposed solutions. And I think that's something that we see a lot of the time. And, you know, it's like in clinical terms, you can agree on a diagnosis, but the, the path to the route forward is, is hugely relevant. We often laugh on a physiomatist team where we've been to events where you can sit through half of a lecture or even two thirds of a lecture where you're nodding along and the analysis of a problem and the complexities of back pain and, and, the, and uh, for example, and the, um, the notion that this is a complex biopsychosocial phenomenon that needs to be teased out. We need to have an open conversation, elicit someone's narrative and you're like, oh, there, this guy gets it. And then the, that's the analysis. And then they go, and therefore this particular pair of shoes is going to solve a lot of these problems because or this particular drug or this particular injection it's usually like a really narrow suggested solution that completely undermines the argument no matter how robust your analysis is and how much you might agree with that if you think that that analysis then proposes your solution um that is a that is a major concern so when it comes to the stuff we talked about last week with regards to social value what salaries should be etc is that we need to make sure we agree on analysis but it sounds like that's an easier thing to agree on is to, to the how how much we're valued and and what um what the levels are we can look at the average pay for graduates average pay across the board for people in different different industries that's part of the analysis but then when it comes to proposing solutions that's where it can get contentious and so let's not pretend that that's not the more contentious issue is to how much personal responsibility do you put into people that are applying for those jobs? How much do you then put onto the governing bodies to try and drum up support? How much is trade unionism and, and, and uh, rights for, for fair pay, etc.? Um, it's, it's distributed responsibilities often where when you're proposing solutions, it gets contentious. Let's not pretend that that's not where it's hard. Now, I'm not saying that certainly if Ollie and, and others that were contributing are hiding away from that at all. But it's just that sometimes people think that the analysis and bringing the data to bear is where, you know, if we get the analysis right and we agree on that, then everyone will understand the downstream consequences of that analysis. And I just don't think that's the case. People propose solutions that are massively varied and often tethered to people's style, disposition, their personal politics, their understanding of what has and hasn't worked in similar fields or their experiences in previous careers or professions about my, what, what might have worked. So let's not be naive about the fact that that's where the contention is and proposing solutions is we need to make sure we hear them all out. Um, I suppose that links to a little bit to what I was saying about the free press and stuff. And I, I just made me really twitchy. It's probably the first time on this show, although we will be doing it now and again when it crops up, is that there's a current event, current affairs type thing that's gone on where I'm like, oh, I want to stand up for that. Is that, uh, yeah, if you don't 
stand up for the free press when it's large, powerful organisations of which you only have a day's disruption, I would say um, then, yeah, when it comes for you uh, or its equivalent is where, you know, that's a wrong opinion, wrong thinking. And I want to shut that down is that, yeah, you, you stand up for free speech in, in, in its fullest form or you don't stand up for it at all. And the protesters blocking that off, I think, is concerning because, as I've said before, you propose a, sol a set of solutions to a variety of problems, regardless of what they are, in industry or out of industry. We want to hear them all out. We want to get all the cards on the table is often an analogy I will use uh, to really view them. And if people are knocking cards off the table arbitrarily because they don't like them, I just get really uncomfortable with that. And so, yeah, not a fan of the protesters blocking off the print press and stuff, for, especially with the intentions that they've they've declared. It makes me really uncomfortable. So I want to get that out there and, and see what you all think about it. Um, some other lovely comments coming in. Um, again, of course, about the hair. Gemma, nice hair looking dapper. She was one of the culprits bantering me on, uh, on Twitter about the hair. Um, I'm not, I mean, I don't know whether to give them a quick win. Um, and say that yes, it was purely out of peer pressure. I, I bowed to I bowed to the mob, and and I was ridiculed, and so I've had my haircut. But as you will notice, it's the same haircut I've had every every few months for for life, and then the same hair gel through it. So it'll just grow out and be as Jim Carrey as it was before. So don't be thinking that this is any sort of seismic shift, or that I'm suddenly bothered about my hair. Uh, that's a good look. It's a calling card. I think it's part of the brand. Is my silly spikes. 90s boy band haircut so tough look there um jack march has said where is the line what point is the only option to shut sorry is the only option to shut chat down uh couldn't spit that out um yeah i'm, I'm uh i'm fairly concerned about the fact that people draw the line differently um and i'm really in all ears to see whether or not you think my idea on this is, is silly but uh, certainly when people are inciting violence or inciting uh, or things like I'm, I'm I support slander laws and libelous claims and things like that um so I'm, I'm not someone that therefore thinks that yeah all voices should be heard regardless of how mad they are um but i would say that in this instance um you know people sometimes draw the line set the bar too low um and or, or draw the line i think he said um I think there will be circumstances, certainly, where yeah, you need to you need to shut that down, uh, especially in terms of, uh, as I said, incitement or or people that are. And for me, one of the big ones that the line I would say is if people people cross a line, if they're suggesting that other people should be shut down arbitrarily, right? That's that's something that I would say is if someone is continuing to use their platform in order to take away other people's platforms especially emergent ones um you know this is where it's difficult is because you end up defending powerful print media um is different it, it feels different but essentially the same you want to disagree with that in principle in order for it to then be transmitted to the smaller fish because if you can just disagree with a voice just because you disagree with its opinion but instead of actually challenging it it, through whatever medium you want to you just then think oh an easier way of doing it is just to shut them down take away their their platform give them stop them giving an opportunity to to actually transmit that information it feels like a low-hanging fruit it's too easy and you don't believe in free speech if you if you uh try and always be caveating it and so yes i think there are lines but they are they should be drawn very carefully and in this instance certainly uh what I would say that that people people printing if it's if it's their opinion and, and it's uh, and it's not slandered and slander or libelous or or inciting any sort of violence or hatred or, or advocating for the the shutting down or um, excessive 
disruption of the opportunity to it for it to be countered that's when it really truly becomes propagandistic if you end up uh, advocating for counter narratives to never see the light of day not for them to not you know, be challenged and to, to have a good battle of ideas but in this instance i'm always always concerned about it um i've got orthman on the on on periscope sending some comments in good to see you again hi how are you doing mate good to see you everyone has the right to express their opinion absolutely really pleased to uh there we go. Phone call coming in again. <laughs> um, thank you for thank you for that great comment. And certainly, yeah, that's what that's my my take on the matter is you've got to be able to express your opinion, but also um, the, you know, the, the defending the right to say it, the, the basic liberal principle through conversation. I think that's at the heart of what I do, especially with the with all this broadcasting lark, is that defending the right of people to say stuff is really important to me. And uh, and so when I see people shutting down print press and stuff i think oh that's a dangerous precedent and i'm worried about that evie martin seems to agree hear them all out full capitals love that absolutely oh there's orthman again great to see you mate thanks for thanks for tuning in onto our onto our daily show and then yeah barring barring uh comments about my hair we seem to uh we seem to have covered that um what i what i would say you know, Evie's made a great point here about that broader sense of value, which will come back around and, and me trying to conclude a little bit of last week's thoughts. Fees have a huge effect on people's perception of value of service. I think sometimes we need to try and work out different ways of, of, of making sure that there's other things affecting our sense of value than just fees and salary, etc. But if that is a metric that is being used across industries and we're needing to compete often with really talented people that could go and do something very simple uh, for more money uh, and not put themselves through what is a challenging landscape in healthcare, then we will need to look across sectors. It's not just an insular navel gazing process within healthcare that we think about what our value is uh, associated to different colleagues internally within medicine internally within healthcare etc i think it is relevant for us to look elsewhere and that sense of value is something that yes i agree is beyond salary and fees but i also think that we need to make sure we, we recognize that that cost analysis is is part of it which is really important um some other comments coming in here Gemma said right to express an opinion is important but language and ways of expressing views is sometimes lost and can make a situation worse Absolutely. I think people should have a duty to speak their mind, but also have a duty to give some thought to how they do so, whether that's going to be move things in a positive direction or not. Uh, but, but generally speaking, especially online, you know, we'll get anonymous trolls and stuff, just shit posting and things. I'm not I'm not a fan of you. You should have the right to do it. But we've also got the right to, to block them. Um, best way to address bad opinions is to hear them out and discuss them, of course. Absolutely. You know, it's just uh, me and Evie agreeing wholeheartedly on that for sure. Um, I just think that uh, there's, there's a. It sounds dramatic to infer that the because this kind of came about, and the reason I'm talking about expressing opinions and free speech a little bit in this is because of the Extinction Rebellion blocking off the print press last week um, to stop papers printing their opinions that they felt was uh, opinions that they didn't agree with. Um, it just seems like such a dangerous precedent that I wanted to bring it up in principle, even though these are powerful organizations that were able to print the next day um and it seems like a, it certainly feels like well what a weird hill to die on jack for you to, to to back that up but it's more that in principle that 
the notion that the opinions that you disagree with, shutting them down rather than countering them, uh, even if that they're a powerful megaphone as they are, that I think is a dangerous precedent. And it's not long until they come for they come for all of us. And so you've got to make sure you defend people's right to not just say something, think something, but also then to to share it. Not on any platform. People haven't got a right to every platform, but especially when you build your own, um, don't underestimate the fact plenty of people disagree with me. If they were able to just come in and legitimately just hack and scramble our signal for the sake of just disagreeing instead of disagreeing and having that conversation they were just able to just throw me off the air and whatever we were doing with physio matters obviously if they did it on this uh, for a few listeners um then uh, then that's not a not a big drama at the moment obviously for a new show um but yeah really do appreciate all your comments and thoughts guys we're coming up towards the end of it um thanks a lot for all your engagement once again as we're as we're building this up uh, feel free to tell people about it and share it. We want to try and I think get, getting people just to tune in, even if it's for 10 minutes or so, um, pass their thoughts on, on the topics that we're describing and discussing. Not because it all needs to be concluded within this half an hour, but as you've shown, as we've shown, it can sort of roll into other discussions and anyone that's got any big points that they want to make or people feel like we've touched on something that should be unpacked or visited in more depth, then they can join me on the show anytime. So many thanks to people like Gemma and Evie, Othman and... Uh, who else was on there earlier? Mike, of course. You know, anyone that's going to be uh, passing comments across various different streams, and you might not all see them as well. So there might be someone that's made a really good point on YouTube that the Facebook lot might not have seen, etc. And so I obviously I see them all in series, um, like Othman commenting on uh, on Periscope, for example. Um, is that you'll only see the comments sometimes based on the platform that you're watching it. And so for me to bring those together and potentially further the discussion in future days and get this played out in people's staff rooms and stuff is going to be important for us to you know better the uh, conversation which is really important of course you know we always want to keep the conversation flowing uh, if you haven't already half of the tickets have gone for therapy live sport triathlon make sure you don't miss out on that i'd be absolutely gutted if you did it's uh, they really are flying off the shelves uh, we've got some really exciting news coming up both in physio matters land as well as therapy live land and the best way that you can get involved in that is to follow the right social media accounts but also to make sure you get your ticket for Therapy Live Sport because they're not going to be around for long because we're going to soon be announcing um, the various brilliant athletes, coaches, therapists and the topics that we're going to be covering in various different formats. So don't miss out on that. If you, have, uh, if you haven't got your ticket already for it, then please uh, get that. Or if it's not for you and you're more of a MSK primary care type bod and you don't see many athletes or you're not as interested in that, not a problem, but share it far and wide because soon uh, if you can keep us ticking over with Therapy Live stuff, then... Yeah, don't get me wrong. Therapy live, um, primary care, first contact, advanced practice. If that's your bag more than the sports stuff, trust me, that's going to come around and you want us to be there and have an opportunity to be able to bring those things forward in different streams at different shows. So uh, do join us as best you can. Now, let me wrap this up and uh, thank you all for everything. I'm trying to keep this to time. So we're at one o'clock, so I better clear off. Um, from what I recall, I can... Uh, Oh, I, haven't, oh, I haven't uploaded it. I've got a little countdown video that we're going to have for the start and the end of the show, but we're not quite ready yet. Maybe tomorrow. But until tomorrow, thanks a lot and see you later.